There was this boy named Jason Voorhees, drowned Crystal Lake about 30 years ago. None of the counselors heard him. A bunch of years went by, and everyone forgot about it. And that's when the murder started to happen. Jason did it. His mother blamed the counselors for her son's death. And she tried to kill them all. But she got her head chopped off. This is the Coast Guard Cutter Dallas. What's the nature of your problem, Lazarus? There comes one of them now. What the hell are you talking about? Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. He's come back for you. You're insane. Jason Voorhees has been dead for years. Jason takes Manhattan. Now, New York has a new problem. Hey, what's wrong? Hey, what's wrong? Tell me. He came down the river and he's gotten on board. Jason takes Manhattan. Hey, what's wrong? He walks the ship here and now. Yes, a killer walks this ship, all right. And it's certainly none of us. Hey, what's wrong? Forget about it, Susie. They're just stories. Welcome to the 100 Lunatics Podcast, where we examine horrors, legendary icons from birth to death to inevitable remake. I'm your horror-loving host, Daniel, a guy that conned his friends and family into watching movies they hate as a hobby. And with me tonight is my second favorite Canadian cousin, Nathan. Who's your first favorite? Ooh. And the man who spent... No, 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 no. There's only one other one. The man who spends every non-work-related moment in ACDC pajamas, Jonathan. Uh, that's funny because it's true. Mm. You have ACDC pajamas? Two pair. Two pair of ACDC pajama pants. I, I didn't know it was possible to lose more respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just see so him. What are, we, wait a minute, what are we talking about today? Is it Jason 8... Jason eventually gets to New York. Yes, this is, is 1989, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, the eighth installment in the Voorhees saga. Nathan, I know you have been excited about watching this one for like three months. I was excited about it, but now I don't... Uh, I'm, I'm swimming around, bathed in disappointment. He didn't take Manhattan. He barely got there. And then when he did get there, he what? He boxed on top of a roof and walked around in Times Square? It's, they didn't have enough money to shut down New York for this fucking bullshit. It was basically just Times Square. And I had the particular joy of watching Jonathan's heart be broken when he turned it to me at the one hour mark and said, When are they going to get there? <laughs> at one minute and one second. For one hour and once and one minute. Yep, it was brutal. I was just like watching all these little kids get just slaughtered on some senior cruise ship. I'm like, what the fuck? That's not what this movie's supposed to be. It's supposed it was to be not a cruise ship. It was a senior was... cruise. No, it was like it was Captain Phillips' vessel. Didn't even look like a cruise ship. It looked like an oil tanker. The shitty dance floor. Hmm. Exactly. Yep. Hey, why don't we? Uh, hey, Jonathan, why don't you? Uh, why don't you stab me? Huh? Huh? No, 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 no. Hey? Hold on, hold on. What? No, oh, I have detail. some things that I want to say first. No. Yes. I don't want to listen to the <clears throat> lineage of the movie or who directed this and that. No one gives a fuck. No. I want to say 
that this is my least favorite movie in the Friday the 13th franchise so far, by far. So wait a minute. 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 Least favorite meaning you don't like this movie? I said that you almost don't like it. You dislike it is what I'm hearing. It's my least favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of, of negative energy. All of the Friday the 13th movies that I love. All I'm hearing is a lot of negativity. I would say of all the movies that we've seen, including the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, this has been my least favorite of all of them. Right. Okay, well, disappointment that they don't actually get to do much in New York aside. Even then? Yeah, this is my least favorite. Yes, for me too. The disappointment of New York is not as big a deal to me. I think maybe because I already knew. Whoa, so is this disappointing to you is that why yes or okay and may i go out on a limb here this is insider info to the audience listening i'm gonna i'm gonna guess why you hate this movie so much okay you just said okay you do hate the movie okay (laughs) you're you're like a child you hate it so much (laughs) you totally hate it oh my god i totally got it okay you dislike this movie or are disappointed by this movie i'll try to be nice to you because see what the audience doesn't understand is that daniel has a special place in his heart for isolation stories he really appreciates when people are isolated by something and that's a major component to horror driven success and in this movie they are isolated And I think the isolation and how campy the whole thing is just offends him in a special way because he he has a he has a special expectation in mind for all isolated scenarios. Am I right? Uh, Weirdly, not too far off. Kind of intuitive, actually. (laughs) I hadn't even put together in my own mind. Uh, how much I appreciate and hold sacred the isolation factor in a good horror story. But, um, yeah, it is it is more about the way this movie is done, which is coming off 6 and 7, which look like they're ridiculous stories in and of themselves, but they have directors and people involved that seem like they cared. This movie just looks like nobody cared. And we're dealing with almost no talent. Because these are the things that you need to know. If I had bumper music, it would go in right now. Okay. Yeah. Right? Uh, Last Friday the 13th movie made by Paramount. This was it. They just didn't want to kick the dead horse anymore after this. After the bear... It was still successful. Right, the movie was still successful. It's still a low-budget movie that made a mediocre return. Kick the dead horse. That dead horse is now nothing but like a horse skeleton and like blood dust. Yeah, it's just a goopy mess that they handed over to New Line Cinema. So Paramount wanted to just kill the franchise before they handed off to another distribution company. Yep, they're like, here, you guys wanted to do something with this, right? A Freddy Jason movie, right? Here, you guys take this. Now you can own them both. Yeah, now we're going to take a steaming liquid shit filled with corn and dead fetus matter. Dead fetus matter. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And just give it to you. Here you go. Yep, that's exactly right. Also, uh, Nathan already mentioned it. No budget in this movie. They had plans to do shots in front of the Statue of Liberty 
in front of the bridges, in front of Madison Square Garden, and they couldn't do any of it. They couldn't get some more B-roll of the Statue of Liberty to throw in the movie? Nothing. They got the shots in Times Square, and then almost everything else you see, alleyways, uh, subways, all that was rebuilt or tricked via Vancouver sets. Is that why the cops sounded Canadian? Yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) That is exactly right. Yeah, they show up in New York, and the guy's like, oh, you guys are, you know, seem a little busy there, eh? Yeah, I'll come on in the car, and I'll take you over to the station, yeah? <laughs> you say you got some hoser chasing you there, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to New York City, eh? <laughs> Director, writer, Rob Heaton or Hedden, doesn't do shit before or after this, nothing remarkable. The girl, Jensen Daggett, sitcoms for the rest of her life, still doing them. The main guy, that terrible, terrible little actor... Scott Reeves, Soaps. He came from Soaps, went right back to Soaps, hasn't left them since. I don't think I saw an IMDb error on that guy. Yeah? What was it? In the list, it says he's in Days of Our Lives. But in the filmography, Days of Our Lives is not listed. Did you contact IMDb? No. I don't care about there being an error on Steve Reeves. Aren't you obligated as a pro member to point these mistakes out? I think as a member of IMDb Pro, I think I can actually make the change myself and then they will audit it. Okay. Sort of like a Wikipedia type deal. Yep. And here's the thing that would have been cool. That's why IMDb can't be trusted, nor can any of the ratings. Sorry. (laughs) Just to counteract any argument Jonathan might bring up in the future about anything. All right. Um, This would have been cool to point out if Nathan had been here with me. I pointed out to Jonathan... There's a point towards the end of the movie when Jason bursts into a diner and the the cook comes around the corner. You hear that, Jonathan? My opinion's worth more than yours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your reaction is worth more than mine. <laughs> yeah. At least I don't wear ACDC pajama pants. There's a point where the cook comes around the corner. <laughs> He's a massive guy. His name is Ken Kersinger? Kersinger? I think it's Kersinger. Either way, that massive dude that he throws over the counter into the mirror, that guy plays Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. So here he is, them coming into contact way back in 1989. He does a little bit of stunt work for Jason. He does some secret stunt work for Kane Hodder in this movie behind Kane Hodder's back. So I think the two of them have a little bit of beef. And the fact that they handed the franchise over to uh, to Ken for Freddy vs. Jason, I think just kind of smeared that shit all in Kane Hodder's face. Why do they not like Kane Hodder all of a sudden? I think it's a strict size thing, right? That Ken guy, you saw how big he was, right? He's like 6'6", 290 pounds or something. I didn't even notice. I was like, oh, they look like they're the same height. And you immediately corrected me. No, 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 no. That guy's like four or five inches taller. Yeah, he's much bigger than Kane. I think they just went with him just for size. But I don't know. I'll have to see his performance to be able to critique and compare in the future. Ugh. (laughs) Performance. He he made the sound that went with your facial expression that you gave me when I said that. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, let's get to the walkthrough. Yep. Let's get this over with. <laughs> oh, what, you don't want to stab us? Let's choose. Oh, right. Um, okay. You want me to stab you? Well, anybody. I feel bad. You guys want to split the duty? Well, Nate, can you do me a favor? After all of our American hustled Freddy bike retarded beef on Twitter, could you stab me? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love to stab you, Jonathan. Stab me hard and deep, Nate. You have no idea. Stab me in my ACDC pajama pants. Mm-hmm. Um, sex. There's a little bit of sex, I guess, going on at the beginning, but I wouldn't really call it sex. It's more like fooling around. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I don't think a, a penis entered a vagina in this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna call a no go on penetration. Mm-hmm. Tits. Uh, some tits at the beginning. Um, a little bit of peripheral tits, somewhat into it, and then we just forget about tits the rest of the way out. Mm-hmm. Yep, little tiny bit at the beginning. The weird, the weird boobies, the, the weird like triangle, conical, what shaped breasts, and then a flash of a tit that you see in a reflection you in mean, a mirror. You mean like Al Pacino's uh, Italian wife in Godfather Part Two type tits? Oh, does she have weird like pyramid breasts? Um, yeah, like very natural, where the nipple kind of. The coloration of the nipple almost blends in mm. with the, the boob. It's tough to distinguish the areola. Tough to distinguish the area. It's, you know, very, very easy to appreciate still, though. They're, they're not ugly by any means. No, no. If they were your wife's breasts, they'd be the best breasts you'd ever had. But when you see them on somebody else, you're like, hmm, that's the weird pointy kind. Yeah. <laughs> mm. If I had a choice between all the kinds, that would be my least choice. That would, <laughs> that would be my last pick every time. <laughs> <laughs> they would always be the last hits on the baseball field picked last. Mm-hmm. Baseball field? Soccer field? You mean football field? The last kickball the last, field? The last stick that gets picked up what? off the street. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. That's what you do. That's that's the best way to do it. See, in hockey, they, everybody just throws their stick down and then, you know. The, the team leaders pick out the sticks. They pick up the stick. Oh, so it's random. Yeah. Oh, no. And, unless you know the, the shitty kid stick. Everyone knows the shitty kid stick, right? Oh, yeah. You got an eye on who drops those sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, when I was a kid, when we had kickball during PE, you'd have, like, two team captains, and then every other kid would just line up, and they just pick, and her conical weird tits would be the last child picked. Mm-hmm. Come on, Jonathan. Kickball. Kickball? Come on. We had kickball that's day. Kind of, that's kind of a homo, homosexual type type sport, right? Come on. Well, they don't just kick each other in the balls. It's kind of like baseball, but like you, you, you pick kicking. You know what? If he doesn't want to admit it, that's fine. It's a little feminine, though, just for the audience, mm-hmm. just so you know. Let's go back to talking about tits, right? We got the weird tits. <laughs> we have, we have a, a weird... <laughs> I'm just sitting here in stunned silence. We we have a weird sort of uh, microsecond of nipple from that psychopath Tamra. Yeah, it's very split second, and even then, it's you know not even her actual tit. You just see the reflection in the mirror. Yeah, she's psychopath or is she a sociopath? Yeah, sociopath. Maybe both. We had one in the last movie, and now we've got one here again. If only she died the same way as the last sociopath did. You know? Because what's her name? Melissa? She had a much more gratifying death. Mm, Axe to the face. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know, broken shard of glass into the head. Yep. I don't think there was any satisfying deaths in this whole movie. But that brings us to body count. What's the over-under on the body count, Daniel? You're asking the person who knows what the body count is. Yeah. Ten? Uh, okay, I'm going to go over. Fifteen? Uh, 50, I mean, if 15 was the... Yeah, that's the yeah. new over-under, yeah. 
The over under? <sighs> Shit. I gotta go over. Twenty. That's the over under? Twenty? Yeah. Or that's the actual body count? No. Over under. <sighs> it's close. Gonna go over. It's under. Actually, I think it's exactly 15, isn't it? No. I've got 17 people that Jason kills, and then I have two other people who die. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you want to count all the people that drowned on the boat. Yeah, Uh, that's that's something to be concerned about. We'll forget about them for now. There's a couple of... I do. I do. Yeah, we'll get to them. No, I want to count them. Oh, okay. Then we're... Way over 20. Yeah, then we have to use some sort of vague range because we're not really sure. You have to go look at the And I just fucking won. (laughs) 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 Woohoo! High five! Yeah! All right! But there's a couple of deaths that I think I left off. Because I don't, we didn't, they didn't abide by our rules. The, The damage didn't seem to be enough to where you'd automatically think they were dead and then we don't see their body. Oh, wait, so I bring this up in previous podcasts. You're like, no, no, he's dead. He's dead. No, Roy, Roy's dead. No, 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 no. And now you're saying, oh, wait, hold on. There wasn't enough damage done. And you know what? We don't see a dead body afterwards. Whoa. Double standard, Jonathan. not fair. No, 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 no. Jonathan, wait, 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 wait a minute. Are you saying that Daniel changes the rules to suit his needs? You know, it no, would appear no, so. No, stop it, both Whoa. of you. I know what's happening Does here. that even, mm-hmm. is that... Is it? No. Opposite corners of the rooms. Yet another time the Daniel dictatorship is thrown in our faces. Mm -hmm. God. Can I I get a fair shake here? Quiet. I want everyone to calm down. I feel like I've been American hustled. Mm. This is Freddy Bike Retarded. Oh, God. Tell me about it. Both of you guys just trademarking yourselves. I'm disgusted. (laughs) Fucking disgusted. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, I left off. There's a big difference between Jason chasing Roy down in the woods and then us seeing body parts later and him taking a thug and smacking him against a pipe and then that's all we ever see of him. It's a big difference. What about when Jason throws a girl out of a second story window? Yes. That's that's one that we both sort of agreed on. I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have I mean, to replay I the tape on that. I agreed enough with you to calm you down, and then I'm gonna change it later when I put it on the website. But yeah, yeah. You know what? Who cares about the rules, right, Daniel? Let's just change them up whenever we feel like it. I don't know. Eh? Let's change them from episode to episode. Let's go Nightmare on Elm good. Street on this. I trust my rules yeah. more than I trust anybody else's. That's yeah. Simple fact. Well, it's because you make them up. All right, are we done stabbing. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's fifteen. I think we stabbed each other pretty good. Fifteen <laughs> to seventeen with, with thirty five. With two sides. I think Jonathan and I just each had each of us had a knife and we just like stood over top of you and stabbed the shit out of you right now. I, did. I think that's what just happened. You uh, like it? How'd it feel? I just got double Tommied. Yeah, you got <laughs> double Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Hmm. To the walkthrough. To the walkthrough. Oh. To the walkthrough. The term deranged sociopath (laughs) gets thrown around a lot by the media, but it really applies to my next guest. Starting today, you can see him in Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Please welcome Jason.
That's good. Uh, <laughs> you know what I've noticed? I see all your movies, man. And you know what I've really noticed? You're angry. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to laugh, excuse me, it's just the way I am. But you're, 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 you're angry. What happened, man? Where did it all begin? To add to the trickery of this film, they open it up with a big teaser, right? Mm. A lot of shots in New York, Times Square, thugs hanging out in alleys, listening to boomboxes. Narrator telling you how dangerous New York is. Mm-hmm. Random DJ getting darkly poetic. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. It's dark. It's a concrete jungle out there. Yeah. We're all just trapped in our little boxes. But no, no one, one knows to their escape. neighbors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See you in 61 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. All that buildup, the nice 80s cheese music... And the camera just dips below the water and comes back up on a very common, generic-looking campground that we're all familiar with, Crystal Lake. Mm. And a boat, right? A boat on the lake. Right. Kind of a big boat for that lake. And no one's one's deflated yet, right? Everyone's like, well, they have to get to New York, so we have to know how they Mm -hmm. get there, right? No, the Mm -hmm. 80s music and the cheesy narrator just took me right out of it. I'm totally fine with with, with the travel to New York. I didn't mind it. I was ready. Okay, what took an hour should have taken 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think the best part of this movie is everything that happened before in New York. So I don't think we should write out trash all the all the part of the movie that actually was okay. Yeah, that's the sad thing is what happened before New York, I agree, was actually better than what happened in New York. But mm. if the title is Jason Takes Manhattan, could you fucking be in New York, please? Unless you want to talk about, you know... Apollo Creed on top of that rooftop. That was pretty exceptional. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. And we've discussed the budget. That's the reason that we're do that they were forced to do this. It started mm-hmm. off with the first fourth the movie was going to be. How did they get there? And the rest of it was going to be in New York. And then it was half and half. And then eventually they had to settle on like 80-20. So taking us all the way back. The DJ that's narrating while we're getting all these shots in New York. He carries over and he's the guy that's on the radio talking as jim and Susie are making out on their yacht in the middle of crystal lake playing their dedicated song or whatever it was yeah they're part of lakeview high school they have a senior trip tomorrow where they're taking a cruise to new york city and this is just jim and Susie just exploring each other's bodies before the big trip am i right gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) i don't like the way you look at me (laughs) you're way into this scene and the scene is nothing mm-hmm. yeah we get our weird boobies the point the whole point of this scene or the main thing that we need in the scene is that jim explains to Susie all the jason lore of crystal lake which that was actually finally finally someone from another city or another town or whatever knows what happened at camp crystal lake mm-hmm. it seems at least like one of them did yeah one of them knew and and what's been killing me throughout this entire franchise is you have this Serial killer in a hockey mask murdering teen after teen after teen at this fucking lake and nobody knows it. But he finally does and he tells her everything that she needs to know. He gets it a little bit wrong, but you would expect that after a legend has been around this long and the the story gets passed on from group to group to group. Uh, They all want to claim that he... The thing that these movies seem to want to push for is that Jason was supernatural from like the get-go. Mm-hmm. That he died at nine, and he's been supernatural ever since. And I don't like that path. 
This is the only way that makes sense. I like the one where he survives as a nine-year-old boy and lives in the woods and <laughs> becomes a feral creature. I like that one. He doesn't become supernatural until part six. With the lightning strike? Mm-hmm. I like that storyline. But either way, Jim uses this as an excuse to leave mm-hmm. Susie by herself for a second. So Noises. That he, so that he can come back and scare her, pretending to be Jason. Where did he get the hockey mask? Right? If he had just found a regular plain white hockey mask, that would have been like, okay, he knows what Jason looks like and he's trying to copy him. I get it. But he found like a faded yellow old hockey mask. With the same markings. The same axe damage. Like he must be a Jason fanatic, right? To get it that right. Nate? Uh, No. (laughs) They were just setting up Jason's return. The mask has nothing to do with that young boy's character, he's a terrible actor, and she's even worse. No, they're all fucking god-awful, but I'm trying to figure out she how is, this kid gets She Jason's is the mask. worst actress in this movie. Nope, Sean is. Sean is, yeah. No. I said actress. Oh, okay. Is Sean a boy? The way that she's hiding in the dark, <laughs> and they cast the light on a certain portion of her face to hide the fact that she doesn't know what to do with her facial expression. Mm-hmm, yeah. She doesn't look scared at all no she's just screaming just she's almost like half smiling like doesn't know like this is my destiny and i don't know i don't know what to do well okay so that's what it, that's what it came across as saw a piece of the gag reel him he's like he, he's he's all well i don't want to scare you blah, blah blah like you know all that crap and then all of a sudden he's so excited to tell the story and then he's pulling shit out and putting on costumes yep super duper inconsistent Mm -hmm. and the thing that brings jason back to life this time or takes him out of his dormant state right there was no real reason why at least they got it right he's got he's covered in like decking from part seven and he's just laying Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the lake right jason his dead body's just down there he's got i was trying to see dad i was trying to see if dad was (laughs) (laughs) yeah his dad around (laughs) and the dad just Drag Jason to the bottom of the lake, drown him, and then just walked out. Mm-hmm. Like, why are Jason's pants down? And then the anchor when when Jim drops anchor for the for the yacht, it the anchor drags across this thick electrical cable that I guess is providing power. Yeah, he does. He drops anchor, mm. right? Thick cable. Yeah. Thick cable tears that thick cable open. Is he a yeah, stud? He does. Electrocutes a demon back to life. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Again. <laughs> he's not a stud. He's a he's a very waterlogged, saturated, fucked up individual with skin problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is very goopy. Because <coughs> the tear in the electrical cable from the anchor charges Jason back to life. Jason gets right back at it. He just follows the anchor right up to the boat, mm-hmm. hops onto the yacht, finds the mask that Jim was using to scare his date or his girlfriend, and a harpoon gun. And remember before yeah. when I brought up Jason having to like press the choke on that weed whacker thing and kind of be a little bit more intricate with it? Yeah. Even they, though he's supposed to be a They gun. actually show him like load up the harpoon gun. Exactly. I've got the same feeling that I'm like, here he is. He has to like carefully load it and pull mm-hmm. it back and cock it and make sure it's taut. And I don't know if you guys remember in part three, he could hit a moving target in the dark in the water. Right. And now I guess all those, has it been years? However long he's been just 
at the bottom of the lake. He's lost his hand-eye coordination. Yep. Ten Why feet away. Why is it so difficult to entertain that idea? Well, because he just, before he, he was just alive. He spent a ridiculous amount of time underneath the water. Because he's supernatural. You don't just right? come out and pick up right where you left off. Why not? It's like a hockey player coming back from an injury, eh? <laughs> he's got to... He's got to get a This is the only way he can express himself. He's got to get a feel for the ice, you know. When did Nate turn he's, into a cop in New York? He's got to. He's got to get a feel for the ice. He's got to take some shots on net. <laughs> you know, he's got to throw a few crisp saucer passes. Yeah. What? Hey, sorry, <laughs> sorry. God, that's I actually feel, a thing. I feel a like crisp saucer pass. I feel like that's I just actually got dunked in mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. What, mayonnaise is a Canadian thing? Who the fuck are you? Why don't you pull your ignorance out of your asshole, why don't, why don't you, you go, fucking American loser? Why don't you dunk your french fries in mayonnaise and go have yourself a beaver tail? Is that what happens in Canada? They dunk their french fries in mayonnaise, eh? Oh, living with living with you? Oh. We're out of mayonnaise again? <laughs> Daniel? I was too busy dunking lying. all my I was too busy dunking all my pickled chips in mayonnaise. <laughs> you're a lying cunt, Daniel. <laughs> We all know that it's a French thing, all right? It's a Parisian thing. Is it France a French Canadian thing? thing? It is, yeah. It's a, it's more Euro. Potentially could take place in Quebec, but I don't know. I don't fucking live in Quebec. It's the same place, right? Canada, mm, no. Quebec? Quebec. Quebec's thing is poutine, all right? That's what Quebec's thing is. Yep. They invented fucking poutine. But I, I am willing to accept Nathan's answer. And that... you know what? I'm not poutine any of it in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> that was brutal. I ripped that off of Modern Family. Don't get excited. Hang hang up right now. <laughs> We're done. We're, <laughs> that's it. That's it. We're stopping. We're not doing part eight. <laughs> we we're just like glossing over the first two deaths. Like, uh. yeah, but well, they're awful deaths. Okay, he kills them. Let's move on. And you know what I pictured this whole time. Cheese curds and gravy? No, but that was funny. I I was thinking, how is he going to get to New York? Oh, he's going to ride this fucking boat. Like he's going to captain the boat? He's just going (laughs) to captain the boat. I pictured him during the day, up on top, steering the boat. With the captain's hat? Pulling back the lever, pulling his mask off and letting the wind (laughs) blow in his face. That's what I pictured. I pictured just a leisurely drive <laughs> Drop in, into the harbor in New York. He like Gilligan's Islands his way into Manhattan. Just drops anchor at sea. He's like just hacking his machete at the water because he sees some fish. He's kicking his legs. He's having a great time. I was excited. I was like, this is how he's going to get there. <laughs> That's totally what's going to happen. But no. Instead, he misses with the harpoon, just takes the whole gun and just jams it into Jim's stomach. I didn't understand that. Did he just jam, like, the blunt gun? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't need that sharp part. I'll just jam this in with brute strength. And there was some rope on it? He's getting less or that creative. In, was that entrails? He, no, that was, like, the rubber bands for the... Oh. He doesn't know how to kill people anymore. He's just... Uh, ah, there. Uh, I guess. Okay. Yeah, no, this director doesn't know how to tell Jason to kill people. That's yeah. the problem here. Because he wrote and directed this. This is all his fault. That's no, not I, I place some blame with Kane, with Kane Hodder on this one because he's done it before. He's a stuntman. He knows what looks good, right? 
shouldn't he have just taken some of this into his own hands and be like, ah, I'm going to do it this way? Oh, he did. And all the parts that are great when he's hurling bodies around and being really brutal and violent, those parts are all him. Which uh, what, which, which parts are those? Uh, the, the one that comes immediately to mind is the discotheque. Yeah, Ava on the dance floor. Yeah. The great, great parts where what? What parts are those? We'll point them out along the way. There's a couple of great ones. Don't get down okay. on me now. Don't lose me now, Nathan. <laughs> Don't lose me now. <clears throat> and the great thing is that Jim, like, pulls the curtain of the bedroom window aside and, like, kind of points at his girlfriend running away to, like, remind Jason, like, if I'm going down, she's going down with me. And she hides in the storage thing. Jason immediately finds her and very slowly no 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 like she has time to catch her breath five or six times mm-hmm. no, no 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 did this remind anyone of another death from one of the older jason movies no it rem- i don't care this movie fucking death was awful yes the one from i think it's part three the slow like 26 second knife cam that we followed the knife all the way into that girl and she had 30 seconds to get away. Yep. I felt that here. She's just sitting there shaking in her box, doesn't try to get out, doesn't do anything, just waits for the slow stab. And come on, that harpoon is flimsy. <laughs> so in the gag reel of the DVD, they had Jason opening up the little hatch where she's hiding with a big white dildo coming out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> they should have kept that. Yeah. They actually had a gag reel? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Jason had a gag reel in this. Jason had a big white dildo coming out of his out of his zipper standing over her. Mm-hmm. And they should have just kept it. Well, no wonder she didn't know what her No wonder she looked like she was smiling. They probably t- took the scene that they did right after. Mm-hmm. And now we get introduced to our actual main character. Right? Terrible name. Rennie. Hate the name. Is that short for something? Renald. <laughs> Renalda. <laughs> yeah. Rennie shows up in the car. She's being driven to the dock where the uh, cruise ship is taking off from. And this is a small cruise ship. Let's get that across right now. This is not Carnival Cruise. This is not Norwegian Cruise Lines. This is like a river boat cruise ship. Oh, not even. Like the riverboat cruise ships are huge cruise ships now. That's true. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, fifteen bedroom little cruise yacht. And now is this the same boat that the kids died on? Yes, it's the same boat. No, 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 not that boat. Because the, we see the boat like pulling up to the dock or something with like the blood on the glass. Yeah, that boat right? comes randomly just floating in, and the deckhand on the cruise ship sees it and is like, ooh. Yeah, he's the new Crazy Ralph. Mm-hmm. Also, how did that boat just float in? Wasn't it anchored? Should have yes, been. Yes, it was. Um, do you want to talk about how good that anchor was? Just dragging across the <laughs> just bottom? Just dragging across the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So am, am I to believe that Camp Crystal Lake has this huge dock where like cruise ships can come out of? No, I think that's them at some New Jersey port, right? Okay, so Camp Crystal Lake is tied to a river that goes to a big port. I think, yes, I think it does. There is a river that goes from Crystal Lake to some New Jersey port because that's how that boat floats out there. That's how Jim's boat gets out there. And then that's also where all the kids from their senior trip at Lakeview High are coming to get onto this cruise ship to head over to New York City 
Rennie gets driven there by her teacher, Colleen, her teacher, her English teacher, Colleen. Gives her a really nice present, too. Yeah, very intimate relationship these two have. Because she gives Rennie Stephen King's... Pen? Inkwell pen. That he used in high school. Supposedly. Because Rennie has this amazing writing gift that does not matter to any part of the story. The only thing that matters is she gets that pen... So yes. she can use it once. Exactly. And I don't know why the English teacher would take her absolute best student ever on this cruise. Because I'm assuming the English teacher paid for the cruise for her student. I guess. Right? Knowing damn well that her parental guardian is the other chaperone of this cruise and absolutely does not want her anywhere near the cruise. Yep. So... Her teacher completely overrides her guardian and says, nah, fuck that guy. You're going on the cruise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is some underhandedness going on here because the other chaperone on the cruise is a biology teacher, uh, Charles, who was also Rennie's uncle and her guardian because her parents are dead. (laughs) And he's pissed off at Colleen, the English teacher, because he doesn't want her on this ship. She wasn't supposed to come. She has some sort of weird problem that we're not aware of yet that they keep a secret. I think my favorite part with Charles is when Steve's terrible acting and the terrible writing just force his character to make decisions and accept things that are inconsistent and, you know, the stick in the mud wouldn't wouldn't do that. And you can see that he just kind of scrunches his face and lets it pass and it just feels so awkward and wrong. Mm-hmm. I lo- yeah, I love this guy, and I love characters like this guy. You can tell a lot in this movie that he's trying really, really hard to keep a straight face and like a scowl because he mm-hmm. knows how awful everything is. Mm-hmm. He knows that this director is just a piece of shit and has no idea what he's doing. He's just like, all right, well, as long as the checks keep on clearing, I guess I'll go ahead and keep doing this. Yeah, he's like, what is this, part eight? Part eight? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, what are my lines? <laughs> I'm not even going to learn I them. Just he, read them I, to me off camera. <laughs> I like to think that after every cut, he's giving the director a snooty look and, you know, taking pot shots at him. <laughs> well, in the gag reels, he, he is having fun. You know, he's not taking it that seriously at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Like, even after the director says cut at one point, he still goes on with another line like, oh, you stupid idiot. God damn it. And the director yells out cut again. Yeah, he keeps purposely uh, or purposefully messing up that scene where he has to lay on the bed with the young girl. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't realize we were doing a walkthrough of the gag reel. I thought we were doing a walkthrough of the movie. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. And then we're off, right? The cruise ship takes off. It seems like there's only a handful of people on here that we have to be worried about, and there are, but there's a lot of people on this cruise ship, right? Yeah, a lot of people that probably shouldn't ever be hanging out together, ever. Yeah, just... Can we not refer to it as a cruise ship? It's not a cruise ship. It's a boat. Can we call it a boat? Well, no, it's a ship. It's a boat with an incredible amount of props, which I don't know. (laughs) In one scene, everybody's got, you know, boxing gear... (laughs) And the other scene is a big graduation room with, what is it, a rotating room with disco lights everywhere? Yeah, but that is how cruise ships are. They have a gym, they have a dining hall, they have a uh, club and a bar. Yeah, but they don't look like that on the outside. On the outside, that looks like 
a ship. Right. Where <laughs> are they Captain housing Phillips all this shit. I get it. Type ship. Like the drugs are coming in to the port in Lethal Weapon kind of ship. <laughs> right. And they're off to New York City. They're popping those confetti bullshit things off the side. Everyone's screaming and having a good time. And uh, except for Sean, Sean's not having a good time. He's getting a lecture from daddy. Oh, God, the Sean scene. Oh, Jesus. What an embarrassing disappointment he is to everyone that he loves. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of surprisingly weak to me because the Admiral, the Admiral. Captain? Admiral? His his father is an admiral, and he's doing, a, well, what looks to be a oil tanker slash cruise ship. Anyway, the admiral hands it over to his son in this tender moment and calls him captain, and then the first thing he does, he criticizes it. Yep, because he messes up. Yeah, you got to feel for Steve a little bit. Like, what's him. the first thing you do? The first thing you do. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Know. Sean is a fucking idiot. If his if his father is having this moment with him, where he's handing him over his old sextant that he used to use to navigate ships back in the day when he first started, and he's like, "We've been training for this day where you'd finally captain this ship out together," and he hands all this stuff over to him, and he messes up the first thing, which is to give a warning call to everyone that you're about to leave. How the fuck do you do that? And then he doesn't even respond properly. He doesn't storm out because he's angry or pissed off or get into a fight with his dad. He just stares his dad blankly in the face and then quietly leaves, having a little bit of trouble with the door getting stuck and just walks <laughs> off set like he forgot where he was. Ugh. Embarrassing. I, I'm trying my best to find any redeeming qualities in this movie. And I just keep getting reminded of how awful and how disappointed I was in this movie because I wanted to see Jason hack up a bunch of tourists. I got none of that. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I got Jason on a high school fucking cruise and a 10-second scene in Times Square. I think this is the saddest I've ever been recording a podcast. <laughs> you were uh you were American hustled. I'm too sad to do my tagline. <laughs> Jason gets on board. So Jason has either been on the on Jim's boat and floated in with it and then hopped off and got onto this ship, or he walked along the bottom of the riverbed all the way to the port, or who knows. Either way, he manages to get on the cruise ship before they take off. So he's with them for the journey. You know, we've we've already learned that Jason can just walk on the floor of any body of water. So let's just go with that. The crazy deckhand makes an appearance, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Our fourth is this our fourth? Hey, crazy I gotta Ralph? say, he's he's got really great timing. He, I'd say he he's <laughs> he's kind of like Crazy Ralph two point oh. Yeah, he's, like he's Johnny on the spot with the Doomsday scenarios. He is every time he turns around. He, I like it when he confronts. Charles and and him and Charles get a little get a little tense. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. You know what my favorite Charles moment in this whole movie was? Sorry, I keep going off on tangents. It's the way my mind works. Is when Charles when when the fire alarm goes off and Charles <laughs> immediately assumes that oh, use your use your head. Use your logic. <laughs> There's no fire. It's someone obviously trying to create panic. 
Yeah, so you know what he does? He grabs a fucking flare gun that once he shoots it, it will start a fire. <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that this is the first Jason movie, is it not, where they band together and try to kill him, like try to go out and get him. Ah, oh, you were referring to the posse that Julius mm. puts together? Well... I just thought in my head when it happened that isn't that the first time that they've ever tried to organize an effort to go and get him? Yeah. Cause, to, yeah. to go do an offensive assault. I yeah. think it is. Yeah, it's the first time yeah. anyone's ever been on the offensive trying to attack Jason. You're right. So there should be a little bit of credit given to this movie for being the first to do that. Sure. Yeah. I was a big fan of JJ's uh, hot pink... Gibson Flying V guitar that she had. Ooh, oh, yeah. I forgot about her. Oh, and the and the videographer Wayne. got cute too. Yes, Wayne. yes, Wayne. He's got his camera. His it must be a brand. What is that? Brand new VHS. It's Sony. It was a mm. Sony. Mm. He likes unattainable sociopaths, though. He's got a crush on on them. He's got a thing for him. Yes, he does. And he's filming JJ who I guess wants to be a rock star. She's all proud of her brand new pink guitar. Yep. And she's not practicing the guitar. She's practicing fake playing the guitar to her music from her boombox so that she can make a music video. She's practicing being in a music video, not practicing guitar. (laughs) Important to make that distinction. Why does she even own a guitar? It's not a guitar. It's a prop. It's an axe. It's an axe. That's right, Daniel. Thank you. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hey, just calling things the way they are. Yeah, that's right. Me, of the three of us, the only one that actually plays guitar. (laughs) I I fucked it up. I'm sorry. That's because you're like, no one that plays a guitar calls it an axe. Nope, not at all. Back in the day, they did. In 89, they did. Come on. But JJ wants to go down to the bowels of the ship, the bowels of this tiny ship. Where this, I wouldn't imagine a ship like this would have bowels. Yeah, it's like, like it would just be a lower deck, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't it just be like a room where the like the uh, there's the engine components and stuff are? Yeah, where she went was way too far down for, and it's this like nightmare on Elm Street landscape of industrial piping and walkways and catwalks. Mm. It's yeah, it looks huge like a submarine down there. Yes, it's like submarine. Yes, yeah, and she wants to go down there to capture that acoustic stadium sound or whatever but with before, her axe but wayne doesn't want to go down there because first he has to go and stalk he has to go find tamra tamra yeah, the sociopath video stalk the sociopath and jj gives him full warning she's like you know that girl just uses people she's just using you and he's like i don't give a shit she's hot at least he's honest oh. she's not that hot no she's no. not and I mean, what, pretty much immediately, Jason goes down to the bowels of the ship and goes after JJ, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see him follow her down, and then we get a little scene of uh, uh, Uncle Charles and Rennie talking about Rennie's fear of water and is she going to be okay being on the boat? Actually, he's kind of like being a dick about it, right? Yeah. He's like, there's a storm coming. It is going to be terrifying out here. We can turn around right now and go back if you want. (laughs) To say that he's being a dick about it, he's he's a dick about everything. 
Mm-hmm. So from here on out, when Charles is talking, just assume he's being a condescending prick the entire time. That's absolutely right. With full scowl and grimace. <laughs> and yeah, now <clears throat> now we get our JJ death. Yeah, I mean, we have a little bit of her like air guitaring in the labyrinth of the bowels of this ship. And, you know, her death beaten to, beaten in the head with her guitar, right? Yep. But later we have a scene where we see the damage and it's just a hole in the top of her head. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure what happened. He bashes her with the guitar, but the way this scene plays out is is one of the main reasons why I don't like this film. Because we've joked about these films breaking the rules and being inconsistent, but there's this vague area at the fringe of things where even where they're inconsistent, they still kind of all fall in line. And this movie just doesn't fall in fucking line. It just doesn't. No, this movie is the absolute proof, if you needed any more proof, that Jason can teleport. Yes. He can just vanish and reappear willy-nilly, which explains why he walks after all these people that are running, because it doesn't matter how much faster than him you're going, he can just disappear and reappear anytime he wants to. Yes, because up until now, you could explain that all the times that he seems to have like outrun people or shows up behind them in places, you can say he knows the woods better or he ran a different direction than they did. There's always some weird stretch of logic you can use to come up with how he managed to get where he did. But this time, there's just no fucking around. She puts down her guitar to run away. She goes down a story... And when she gets down there, Jason's already in front of her with her guitar. Right. So not only can he teleport, he can also teleport objects. So here the two franchises are starting to blend together. We can manipulate objects and manifest them through dream worlds and nightmare landscapes. And now (laughs) Jason can teleport. Well, keep in mind, while they're on this cruise ship, there's some crazy fucking girl running around New Jersey... Who can move shit with her mind? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. We have no idea what's happened to her, but she's just out there setting shit on fire if she's in a bad mood. So this universe is getting kind of wacky. Mm-hmm. She's like some weird sage oracle living out in the woods right now. Oh, I totally forgot about her. What's her name again? Oh, Tina? For fuck's yeah. sakes. Yeah. Not, not the hot one either. No. So JJ, she gets that an axe to the face. Right? Uh, I think it's at the that joke they're, that's the joke they're going for, right? She doesn't get an axe oh, to the face. Her face is so fine. Much worse when you say it Steve out loud. crawls up to her and touches her mm. face. Oh, she doesn't we, get an okay. axe in the face. Let's get this out right now. The, the scene with Sean and Rennie on the deck, right? Sean is all sags. He thinks that Rennie's not going to show up, and we learn that they're actually boyfriend and girlfriend. Are they? I never picked that up. Because he gives her a necklace, right? You don't give your buddy jewelry. Uh, so the bullshit on the deck between S- Steve and what's what's her name? It's it's Sean and Rennie. Oh, sorry, Sean and Rennie. <laughs> Close enough though. <laughs> Steve, well, what's Steve, your face? <laughs> Steve, Steve is his real name, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So can we just from now on? No, call him you Steve can't interrupt me. Face? You can't interrupt me. I've got the floor right now. I don't want to hear you talk anymore. So, first thing he does is he comes up to her. And this is a bad writing thing. I don't think this is Sean's fault or Steve's fault. Um, he says, I didn't think you were coming. And then he gives her the present and says, 
I thought we could go up to the 22nd floor of the Statue of Liberty, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there in my chair saying, I thought you said you didn't <laughs> think she was coming. <laughs> what are you making plans for when you didn't think she was coming? And why are those things so close together in that script? That is confusing and dumb. Well, yeah, what we don't see is Sean going to Tamra's room later and being like, that hike to the Statue of Liberty, it's out. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that uh, necklace I got. I see what you're saying. I need that you're back. That, <laughs> you're saying that he's 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 playing a, a player game. Yeah, he was like, oh, Rennie's not coming. I'll just invite this other chick. It's a senior trip, man. Like, this is a a high school Caligula-type orgy scenario. You're saying Sean's getting a biology lesson. Oh, zing. Am I right? Zing. High five. Okay, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. My second big issue with this. The teleportation thing, first big issue. Second big issue, who's this small child? That she keeps having visions of. It's Jason, right? Right. It's young Jason. Why is at the beginning the boy has no... He's not deformed at all. And then in some shots he's a little bit deformed. Other shots he's like spewing slime he's so deformed. And deformed on the wrong side of his face. So not only inconsistent but just plain wrong. And... The only thing I can come up with is that the incident for her that we learn about later that she goes through was so traumatic... That she has to, like, smooth out the way that he looks because he was so grossly deformed. So in her visions of her memory, he looks like a normal boy. Are we on board with that? I don't know why there's a normal boy Jason Voorhees at, or a a child Jason Voorhees at the bottom of this lake in her memory. Because Jason Voorhees should be an adult at that point. Hmm. Yep. I, I don't understand this. I think she. I think Rennie is just crazy. Does she have psychic powers? Does she have like telekinetic abilities? She may have latent telekinetic <laughs> abilities, and that she's like schizophrenic, and that she heard this story of Jason when she was a young girl, and then she invented this memory. You know, it'd be funny though if like she didn't have this at all when she was a young girl like she made up the whole thing with her uncle pushing her over and it was just what's his name jim telling her the story of jason Voorhees in Mm -hmm. like second period chemistry two weeks ago yep she's been usual suspecting all of her like (laughs) last life experiences that's a better story why didn't they do that they never go with the better story now we meet julius boxer extraordinaire Right? He's beating the shit out of some dude. They're sparring with each other. Tamra. It's a hate crime, right? I mean, are they actually boxing? Or is it just like the normal high school fight where like two people are fighting and there's a big crowd cheering on? Well, it seemed like, well, first of all, if you if you step back from that scene and just look at it, that is the most high school play amateur setup camera shot in the entire <laughs> movie. It is this bare, empty, badly lit room that they tossed a mat in the middle of. Uh-huh. And they got two guys to spar with each other. And then there's like four random extras that are probably grips that they just pulled off the crew and they're just standing there trying desperately not to look at the camera as they cheer on them sparring with each other it's Mm. horrible (sighs) i feel like i'm 
This movie and makes we, me out of breath. And, and we meet like Tamara and Ava who are like spying through the roof of the gym. Yeah, it has like a I skylight guess. on it, and they're staring down. Tamara is the slutty sociopath we've already mentioned. Ava is her Asian goody goody, but looking to explore. Yeah, some l- of the looking for a walk on the wild side, right? Yes. And Tamara's just going on and on about how she's gonna fuck Julius. Mm-hmm. And they flirt. They have that little. That's actually. An, I actually like the little scene where they flirt with that random deckhand that comes by. Oh yeah. Because Tamara like swoops her hair over her shoulder and acts like a, a, a flirty little slut, and then Ava looks at her and like tries to copy her same movements. It was like, like all awkward and. Yeah, that belonged in some weird coming of age story, not in the middle of this Jason movie. <laughs> the fuck. Tone, no tone, or stale tone. There's no gripping tone in this movie. At least with some of the other ones, you can get on board. Like, oh, crazy telekinetic girl, I'm on board. Jason's back to life with electricity, I'm on board. This one. Ah. It seemed like there was no real flow with this movie. It was just like, scene, 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 scene. You don't Mm -hmm. give a shit about the characters at all. And two minutes after you meet JJ, she's dead. Yeah, you know, who gives a shit about JJ? Yeah, just some girl with a guitar who loves her fucking guitar and who wants to be in a music video. Dead. Yep. Right. Like you don't give a shit about any of these people. Ditto. <laughs> You're like, wait, are you confused because we're weirdly on your side this time? Um. Yeah, I don't really know. Normally, I would feel an urge to go the other way, just to create tension for the sake of creating tension. But I feel like this is celebratory, you know? We all get to sit around and and just hack on a horror movie. This is kind of what I thought this whole thing was going to be. I didn't picture myself getting into petty fights every week. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what? Tamara and Ava are... Tamara apparently is not only some sociopath, but like master manipulator at the same time. Because you have this, and I'm only saying, I'm only going to say this next part because it has a hint of racism in it, and I think it's awesome. But (laughs) Ava is the Asian girl who we assume is the straight A student, right? Goody girl, goody goody type girl, whatever. And Tamara manipulates her to the point where she's almost going to do cocaine for the first time. Yes. Like, has Ava ever had a drink in her life? Like, maybe you start her off a little low before you start going with the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Nope. Forecast calls for snow flurries. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is not the racist part of this movie. Well, no, no, no. But I was thinking... The racist part of this movie is when they make everyone who's watching it racist. Oh, like when, you know when Julius about. the Black Guy can't swim? Yeah, they throw him into the water. <laughs> they throw him into the water, and you know what I did? I said, racist. Mm-hmm. While I was watching the movie, I said, that's racist. I looked around at the cats, and I said, see? Racism. Well, and then he wasn't dead. Well, j- And I said, I'm racist. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed I assumed he couldn't swim and that he was dead. Yep. They did. Or at least I thought that's what they that's what I thought they were implying. Because he got thrown into the water and there was no splash, there was no struggle. Sunk like a stone. There was just (laughs) poof gone. Like maybe a little bit of air bubble at the top and that was it. 
and I was impressed at how blatant they were. I, wow, <laughs> you are, you just killed him, didn't you? You're racist. Nope, I'm racist. Yeah. So Tam, Tamra and Ava, they're doing cocaine, or they're trying to do some cocaine. Great part about this scene is that Tamra is like, "Don't worry, I'm the prom queen." I'm popular in school. I'm not going to do something stupid like get us caught right after she says that. Uh, Rennie. Rennie shows up looking for her dog. Right? And all she does, she doesn't even act like a like a prude or anything. She's just like, no, nah, I don't want any coke. No thanks. If you see my dog, let me know what's up. And she walks off. Mm-hmm. And Tamara's like, that narc crazy bitch. What a space cadet. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. She's just trying to find her goddamn dog. She didn't give a shit about your coke. Yep. So back to the coke. And then again, this time, <laughs> Charles catches them. And immediately, are you doing drugs? Yeah, he knows. They stand up. The mirror falls off her fucking lap and breaks. Then Charles brings up that he's going to stop by Tamara's room <laughs> in 15 minutes to check on her biology project. Which, senior trip, end of the year, school is over. Right? Yeah, school's over. This is what biology project? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put some quotation marks around that project. Now, the sociopath Tamra, she's gonna make sure that Rennie does not narc them out by using her fear of water against her. Don't don't skip a good death. No, I'm not don't. gonna skip this death. That's just what she, that's just what she leaves. We leave the scene with that. We know that Tamara's plotting something fucked up. Now we cut over to a death scene that I was I was talking to Jasmine about this. When we first started watching all these movies, I have all these memories of all these different creative deaths throughout this franchise. But in my brain they're all scrambled up. I don't know where's what. And as we've been going through these films, I've been able to straighten things out. And this is a death that I've been waiting for for months. I thought this came about in part four. I didn't know where this happened. But we're talking about the guy that was sparring off with Julius. He's gone to the sauna to lay down and relax. And Jason comes in and grabs one of the hot sauna rocks. Right? Conceptually creative death. I liked this one. Because he just takes that super hot rock and just jabs it. Right into that guy's stomach. And it's so hot that the flesh sets on fire as he pushes it into his gut. It's good. And you see him from behind just jerking and just jamming it further, further in there. It's I the, thought the about only being, creative death in this movie. During this scene, I thought about being the guy. Like the actor that got killed. Yeah. I thought about being him. And many years later, you know, as, as a party favor, showing your guests that you were in this old jason movie and being slightly ashamed at the fact that the towel was over your face the whole time oh the character didn't even get a name nope and he has a helmet on the rest of the time and he gets his ass kicked yeah so as a kid that at my 10 year old brain or nine year old or seven however old i was when i first saw this movie that image burned into my brain that hot rock in the stomach Whenever anybody talks about stomachs, I think there's a part of my brain that brings that memory up. I know I've thought about this death scene before when I've heard Nathan talk neurotically about his stomach. This is just something that is tied forever to my youth. I don't think it was in his stomach, though. Like, when they when they do the wide shot, it's more like yes, that's, the, the sternum or the chest. Yeah, that's them being lazy. Another reason that I'm yeah. just like, ugh, at this movie. Because with the close-up, it's very obviously in his gut. 
And then, they, and then when Jason walks away, it's just this tiny rock pitted in his chest with some fake blood rubbed around it. So lazy. You know what? I do have a bit more respect now for the early Friday the 13th movies because they had balls yeah. with, the, with the deaths. I, I thought they were going to get more gruesome and the censorship was going to fade even more. But wow, was I ever wrong. Yeah, I don't think censorship really eases off until what, the late 90s? Yeah, late yeah, 90s, guess... they just, MPAA doesn't give a shit anymore. There's been so much worse out. Yeah, they don't give much of a shit now, but I think the late 90s is when they finally <laughs> guess, started to ease up. I guess that's how it happens, right? People break through and start doing things that are outside the norm, and a whole bunch of old guys with glasses and in charge of stuff say, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? Then those guys get bought off, retire, get given envelopes of money, and the rules change. Yeah. So Tamara decides, well, I'm going to get back at this Rennie bitch. And ever so subtly, I guess, right? Knocks her off the ship. Throws her fucking ass overboard. Just bumps into her and there's no railing? No one notices? This is not that shocking. Okay. No, this she had just forecasted that she was going to do something to her and that she was afraid of water. The, it's a little bit more than I thought she was going to do, but whatever. It was effective. No, I mean it's totally over the top. Not at all what I was expecting. So I it totally it absolutely caught me off guard. Me too. And the fact that no one noticed that Tamara did that? Like she was like it was an accident. You know, she claims no. it Ava knows better. Ava's like we can't hang out anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Ava, you know, her uh, Asian intelligence comes through. Right, kicks in. Uh, Rennie's in the water. She's freaking out. She can't swim. Uh, Colleen, the English teacher, throws down a life preserver. And then while she's in the water, she gets tugged underneath. And there's another weird vision with this young Jason with a little bit of deformed makeup on. I don't know. He's screaming for his mommy or help or both, right? That's Mm -hmm. all he does the whole movie? Yeah. And... Sean finally comes in to save her, pulls her up on top. Uncle Charles comes out. He's angry, of course. Of course. And he blames her. Like, he's pissed off at her. Maybe she's more like a medium, you know? Like, she has visions that come to her, you know? Like, she's channeling Jason's thoughts? Yeah. Maybe there's depth here that you haven't thought of. That you should have thought of instead of hating it because it's out of character for you and it makes you look like a fraud it's a slippery slope from here on out daniel <laughs> yeah k and i come back from this on the jason franchise but no, it's not a challenge but it's, it's not, not un- a challenge. it is it sounds like a challenge <laughs> i just don't sounds want you like... to come back i don't want you to come back and, and like trumpet your enjoyment of jason in space <laughs> that's exactly what's happening i don't think i could take listening to you Love Jason in space. Well, I, I, I think that's one of the better ones, if I can, if I can recall. <laughs> Wait, there's Here a Jason in space. But yeah, you have challenged me, so it sounds like Jason goes to hell is going to be the best one in the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> you want to set precedent? I'm going to set fucking precedent. Here we go. Hmm. And Nathan, you brought up the timing of that crazy deckhand before, because this is great timing on him. Uncle Charles is all pissed off. <laughs> He shows up out of nowhere and just yes. jumps in front of people. Wow, <laughs> you're doomed. <laughs> you're all going to die, you know. 
<laughs> oh god, you made him sound like an old timey prospector. That's how all, <laughs> all my favorite old men voices are old timey prospectors. You're all gonna die. <laughs> you see here, kids, you're all dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're pummeled with another vision scene because Rainy goes to the bathroom to clean herself up. All of a sudden, young Jason is climbing out of the mirror, choking her. Billowing smoke is being spewed out of a fog machine from behind the set. <laughs> Blood's <sighs> coming out of the faucet for some reason. Mm-hmm. And what does he want? What is this apparition that can make physical contact with her? So she's channeling physical manifestations of Jason's brain. Don't give me that look. I don't know what it means. I'm it's not just giving you a bullshit. look. My face is uncontrollably twitching. Rennie, to me, is just total bullshit. Her character is just absolute bullshit. She's hallucinations for no real reason. Her hallucinations manifest themselves in things that can physically touch her. Yeah, she's traumatized. She's prude. She's sad. Ugh. This bitch needs to go. You're traumatized. You're sad. You're prude. Um, <laughs> I saw the new movie, Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, you killed 16 people. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, man. Uh, you killed 16 people, and you were responsible for the death of eight others. Total, that's less than what you usually kill in a movie. <laughs> Are you getting soft? Are you losing a step? You... You're trembling, man. Um, oh, I, I... oh, oh, you brought a clip. Would you set it up for us? Set up the clip, like tell them, you know, how this fits into the movie and, and what they're about to see and all that kind of stuff. You set up the clip. Right, but now time for Uncle Charles to check up on Tamara's biology project. It's been 15 minutes. Yep, and if you were thinking that it would be too on the nose for them to be talking about her body as the biology project, you'd be wrong, because that's exactly (laughs) what it is. He walks in, she's in a kimono, and just pulls it off, and she's labeled parts of her body, and just starts seducing. I thought she was going to be naked. I was excited. Yeah, should have been. She should have. You know what? She should have been naked because it would have been a hell of a lot more effective. I don't know. Tamara just climbs on Charles on the bed. And, you know, they start kind of making out a little bit. Mm -hmm. His voice change is great here, by the way. (laughs) I'm your teacher. Hey. Hey. (laughs) We see Wayne with the video camera taping him for blackmail purposes. Charles freaks out and has a hissy fit. Yeah. And it's... He entertains it for a few minutes, though. Oh, he does. Oh, oh, he does, yeah. You see him struggling. And and I asked Daniel during this whole during this whole bit, like, if Wayne hadn't come in, would Charles have done it? And would Tamara have been okay with getting fucked by Charles? Probably. And what is the purpose of this blackmail tape? Just to get out of this biology project? Seems like it, right? No, because he caught her doing coke. Not necessarily. He didn't bring it up. He's trying to get lever. She's trying to get leverage on him because of just what he in, might do. 
just in case, right? That's why we yeah. know that she's a sociopath. That's why she's not going anywhere with him. She's kissing him and getting on top of him is as far as it was ever meant to go. She's not putting Charles's thang in her mouth or any orifice. Do I know? But what what if she just totally underestimated Charles and he was way more into it than she anticipated, and he started sticking fingers in her? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like. What if he started like tearing her clothes off and going at it, and she would have just been there, like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Yeah, Wayne's not there yet. He's like, "I knew it." (laughs) Just goes after, and then no, and then Wayne gets into it. He starts, you know, recording it and watching it happen. Oh, oh, nice! Wayne's taping it, kind of playing with himself at the same time. Yeah, while he's while he's watching the rape take place, Mm -hmm. you just see her just intermittent glimpses of her faces as. Charles' shoulder comes up and down in the shot and just pleading <laughs> eyes at Wayne and he does nothing. Like eyes as she's mouthing like, help me. Mm-hmm. Right? You barely see it over the shoulder. Just <clears throat> tears all down her face. <laughs> she, okay. like, if she had gotten okay. beaten at her own game. Yeah. You know? Okay, you know what happened there? I, I started taking it there and I said, did I just go too far? And then I let you guys keep talking and I said, no, I didn't go too far, but th- things have gone too far. Come on, guys, apologize to the audience for talking so vividly about a girl, albeit a sociopathic bitch, getting raped. And getting beaten wrong. at her own game. Yeah, that's the important part. And you can't picture... Okay, first of all, it's unrealistic because Charles doesn't have... He's, he's not that guy. He's he's he kind of seems him. like that guy. No, he's a he, he's killed. He's a killjoy. He's a he's uptight. He's a little bit dark though, and he's a manipulator himself. When you see the actual reason why R- Rennie is scared of the water, he's kind of dark. Yeah, he's Mister. Oh, Cruise. I forgot about that scene. Yeah, he is a little dark. Okay, yeah, no, I'm with you. Let's keep talking about. It. <laughs> But why couldn't Charles grab this videotape? Like, Wayne was just holding it in his hand like, haha, we've got you now. Charles and could he, have easily overpowered Wayne. Yep. And then he throws it to Tamara, who just tucks it into her robe. I would have just pushed her to the ground and <laughs> taken the tape and been like, fuck the both of you. Your word against mine later. Yeah, I'm a teacher. Yeah. Are you kidding? Because in his mind, he's thinking, it's going to be a whole lot of fun getting it back. Mm-hmm. Now, you keep it. You keep it for now. I'll, you know, I'll be back tonight. I'm gonna go put on a Jason mask and I'm gonna break <laughs> in and shatter the mirror and I'm gonna stab you and kill you. Mm-hmm. Now who's got the videotape? See, that would be an interesting subplot in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. <clears throat> One of the characters figuring out that they can kill a couple of people and just blame it on Jason during all the chaos. I can't believe they haven't done it yet. I've complained about it in the past. I mean, there's been motive. It kind of happens in this movie. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Either way, Tamara, shower scene. Carefully, carefully guarded breast shower scene. Yep, you get a minor split second of a nipple. And that's it. And we get a weird, rare Jason movie moment where the victim sees Jason coming for them, but Jason doesn't know, right? Like, we have times when Jason's hunting someone down, and they see him in the distance, and he sees them, and then he comes after them, and it's scary. But there's only a maybe a couple, three, maybe three times where the victim sees Jason and Jason is unaware. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't seem like Jason was aware until she, I mean, because she cracked open the bathroom door 
and saw Jason like peeking through the main door of the room, right? Right. It seems like the only way Jason would have known is because he would have caught out of his periphery that she was closing a door. Mm-hmm. Which which I'm sure he does because he bursts he bursts through the door and grabs her robe, right? Right. And kind of throws her towards the bathroom mirror where she hits her head and pulls her robe completely off her body, so she's naked. Mm-hmm. Still barely any nudity whatsoever. It it seemed like Tamra was more concerned about covering up yes than she was about any sort of acting or protecting herself or anything. It was just making sure that she was covered up in the scene. Yep. And that's it. This is a, a blocking malfunction. And we kick it over to our blocking malfunction specialist, Nathan Carver. Nathan, analyze the scene for us. It's not a blocking failure. It's just her being protective of showing her tits because they didn't pay her for the tits. They paid her for the skin. But after she gets stripped naked from her towel, she drops, she hits her head against the mirror, she drops to the ground, and then as she's like scooting back into the corner of the bathroom to get away from Jason, every move she makes, she's got every little part perfectly covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> perfectly covered. In that panic. And then Jason comes in, cool part, brutally smashes the rest of the mirror into pieces, and then just rummages around in the sink for a good piece to use for some stabbing. I mean, what I picked up on was it seems like any time that there's a mirror where Jason could see himself, it gets broken. Right? It doesn't like mirrors. He doesn't like his own reflection. Actually, yeah. That's that's what I initially thought was, yeah, I thought that he didn't like the way he looked. Yeah. I mean, you had little Jason in the hallucination breaking through a mirror. You have Jason purposefully going over to the mirror in this bathroom and breaking it. And then you have Jason throwing a guy into another mirror. That's true. Well, let's be honest. He's never quite looked the same since getting buried. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'd want to break does, mirrors, does too. Does a supernatural being have shame? Mm. Or vanity? Or does, does so. he breathe? Issue he, number three. He breathes very heavily. Right, but why? He's undead. And how the fuck is he breathing underwater so much? Yeah, I was going to mention the Darth Vader breathing. Yes. All but it's this- more like asthmatic yeah (laughs) all this deep darth vader breathing no need for breathing he doesn't breathe Mm -hmm. right so yeah (sighs) oh there's this somber conversation between the captain and carlson storms are coming where they're just talking about children and the captain is bringing up children and trying to include Carlson in this conversation about having children, but really he just wants to vent about how embarrassed and disappointed he is about his son. And yeah. it's sad. Carlton, how old's your kid? 19 months. Oh, that's a good age. Uh, it's a good age. <laughs> is it? Year and a half? It's mm. a good age. Just about a year and a half. Yep. Grabbing, drooling, shitting. That's all they're doing. Not making memories yet. Yeah. You know Nothing. what they're not doing? They're not disappointing you. <laughs> not yet. Mm-hmm. And then just this whole scene. This this whole fucking scene. Look at this. Look at my notes right here. Just arrows pointing. Bad acting. Bad directing. Bad FX. Yep. This entire thing. This whole scene. They use bad lighting. They use these shots from outside of the cabin's quarters, which are just awkward, which are obviously used because they didn't have enough money or time or care to show an impalement shot. So they just hide it with structures. Mm -hmm. 
And Jason comes in when the captain goes to take a break. He uses a harpoon to stab Carlson. I just thought it was funny, the timing of it, though. You know, like the captain just pours his heart out to Carlson? Carlton. Carlson. Really? Yeah. Okay. Captain pours his heart out to Carlson about kids and family and, you know, don't let your kid grow up to disappoint you and shit like that. Like, had a moment where it almost seemed like Carlson was the son that the captain never had. Mm-hmm. Captain walks away for two seconds. Jason comes in, stabs him in the back with a harpoon, and that's it. And lets the captain come back in and see his dead pseudo-son on the ground. Exactly. And he sees him, and when he sees him and leans down to check on him, they do that That that's that after, that post-production slow-mo where they just cut some of the frames out. Yeah. So it's got this jerky slow motion feel and terrible. Jason uses his machete, barely lets it slide against the captain's neck. The wound is terrible looking. It doesn't no bleed. It's just... It's the only throat slit I think I've ever seen with no blood. It's just bad. It's like when you go and watch some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. They show you some of the old footage reels of like, oh, we didn't use this part of the special effect because the guy's toe was in the background. And it's like the footage hasn't been cleaned up. It's grainy and looks bad and everything. That's It looks like they used that shot in this part. Yeah, and not even like the stupid super slow-mo, but they do the the slow-motion voice, too, of the captain dying. Oh, yeah. Like, Let's not even mention the couple of times they tried to sneak a Darth Vader Jason laugh yeah. into the picture. Nate, did you ever catch that? No, I didn't catch the laugh. Yeah, they have just, they have a I scene remember, or two. I remember a few times where I just the breathing was odd, and it's almost like they paused so that you could drink in the breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like they, they they definitely want you to notice the breathing. Yeah, the director mm-hmm. liked the breathing, and when they first bring Jason back to life at the beginning, and he's raising rising to the surface, you get this. <laughs> yep. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> And there was another scene like later on the boat Wah. where Jason just laughs. Just a... Mm-hmm. It's stupid. And Daniel was trying to convince me it was like part of the score. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a Jason Voorhees laugh, and it's fucking god-awful. Have fun defending to, this piece of shit. Probably trying to convince himself. Probably. But Sean... Poor Sean, okay? Bad acting aside. Sean's character comes in, finds his dad dead, gets on the PA, calls all the rest of the people on the ship to come up to the captain's quarters because there's an issue. Mm -hmm. Everyone floods in. All the different kids flood in. Charles and Colleen come in. And uh, as Sean is trying to call for help on the radio, Jason, knowing what a ship radio antenna looks like walks right up to it and pulls those cores out just in time makes Sean look like an asshole like he already doesn't know how to operate this ship properly now he can't even call for help properly Charles is pissed and Charles just lays into him it's like look I know your dad just died but could you be less of a piece of shit this is why your dad is always yelling at you you're fucking terrible at life I wish that was you that was dead on the ground instead of your dad. Mm-hmm. Shape up, dumbass. Yeah. God damn this it, is, you dumbass. This is the fire scene, isn't it? Uh, soon. Yeah, soon. Because this is where there's a, a fight for the leadership role between Charles and Julius, the boxer. 
Yeah. And Julius decides he's going to get his posse together and go hunt this Jason uh, motherfucker down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yep. And you've got the deckhand coming in and just really pissing off Charles, right? Just, Jason Voorhees is on board. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Jason's here. We're all going to die. <laughs> Right? Stop it with this Jason garbage. Yeah, he goes to grab a weapon to take care of that deckhand right then and there. Yeah, in front of everybody. Yeah, they hold they have to hold him back. Yeah. Now this is this is one of the better deaths as well. We cut over to Ava, who has gone looking for Tamara because she didn't show up at that emergency meeting. She finds Tamara's dead body, sees Jason in the hallway, and she gets hunted down to the discotheque. Oh, wait, we're skipping over a scene <laughs> that I really liked. The drop and anchor? Yeah. So uh, Rennie goes to drop the anchor. Charles shows up right behind her and raises the anchor back up. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Sean's an idiot. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> you don't drop an anchor in a storm. Yeah. Why would you listen to him? You don't know what the fuck he's doing. You see him trying to call the Coast Guard? The kid's a fucking moron. Yeah, and she she comes to terms with that right there on the spot, yeah, too. Like, she yeah. wants to argue, but she's like, oh, no, he's kind of an idiot. Yeah. Yep. Now over to Ava getting hunted down into the discotheque. More of this ridiculous teleporting. Because it's a small circular room, and she turns around and sees him over here, turns around and sees him over there. These weird sort of Andy Warhol-ish cinematography of him just standing still and staring at the camera. Like, not scary, not threatening, not... No, just being there. Not silly, nothing. Just a bland shot. Until finally he does something that he has never done until now, which is... Completely strangle someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know why that's such a great death. I only like it when he tosses her down after he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. Because he strangles her for a long time. The music is all kicked up and really, really fucking loud. And she's her feet are kicking in the air. And then right as the music ends, he just tosses her down like old garbage. I love I love that. Yeah, all, all those shots. That's the only cool thing about Kane Hodder is, you know, when he's done with a body, yes. you know he's done with the body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the sleeping bag. <laughs> the guy at the end of that weird boat equipment. The punching through the guy's chest. Like, all these fucking just treating carcasses like just garbage. Yeah, he has no problem discarding the dead body. It's like, oh, life is out of you now. Thrown off to the side. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. Now Julius has rounded up a bunch of weapons, a bunch of dudes, and by a bunch of dudes, I mean that handful of guys that was awkwardly watching him fight someone earlier. And they go off. Wayne goes to look for JJ down at the bowels of the ship with a shotgun in one hand and a camera in the other. Yeah, because he realizes, oh, she's been gone all fucking day. Yeah. Like, how long does that bitch need to practice her air guitar? Like we, you know, Charles even makes fun of uh, Wayne at one point, saying, "You guys missed the whole like graduation recognition. You know, what are you going to do in the future?" Type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, so they're having senior class type events on the boat that none of these kids are paying attention to whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm glad that I watched this movie as many times as I did because it took till the third viewing. I must have looked down every time. To notice that when he's walking down the catwalk and he's staring through his camera, he just sees somebody's legs appear and just shoots the gun. Yeah. And kills that person who is not Jason 
it's that deckhand from earlier that was flirting with Tamara and Ava. So this guy just killed somebody. Just murdered somebody. Yep. Just accidentally murdered somebody. And there's no time to deal with the ramifications because Jason's there, knocks the camera out of his hand, hunts him down. He stumbles across JJ's body. We see the bad, bad makeup job on her head wound. Mm -hmm. And how does he go? Uh, Jason throws Wayne's body into some weird, like, you know, old, like, 1960s spy movies or or shit like that where they have like this huge control panel mm-hmm. that controls I don't know maybe nothing has like the big green radar on it right so Jason throws his body into that Wayne lands on the control panel electrocutes himself to the point where he catches on fire yep pretty good yeah not bad a lot of chaos a lot of smoke a lot of fire yeah. at least there's some action yeah, and J- Jason does the most responsible thing I've ever seen Jason Voorhees do. Thinks about the other's safety for a minute, hits the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Good for him, you know? It's the fire alarm. Hop on those lifeboats, ladies and gentlemen. This boat's going down. Yep. And that tiny little 30-second sequence is really well shot. You get this slow zoom pan along the body just being on fire, just roasting. But it looks very pretty. So you get this disturbing sort of conflict of feelings. And then it just pans up to Jason, who notices the fire, notices the fire alarm. Eh, fuck it. It's the fire alarm. Let's do that. It's, It's so pretty and well done to be surrounded by so much shit. (laughs) whatever all I gotta say is big surprise when uh, that black guy came out of the water (laughs) (laughs) we haven't even gotten him being thrown in yet oh I'm the racist (laughs) Yeah, that's right okay let's get through this Miles part of Julius's posse he's the guy that gets thrown off of the mast and impaled on the yeah, radio Jason, antenna. Jason teleports up the mast and throws him off. Yes. I just thought he was really fast. No. Yeah. Or that he's guy's really sk- slow. He takes like 10 steps up or that ladder and then he's like. Where <sighs> Jason just used his upper body supernatural strength to just heave himself up the ladder. He just like spider monkeyed himself up the ladder. Yeah. Like three or four rungs at a time. Just bam, bam, bam. <sighs> Grabs onto him. When he decides he's going to get somebody. He gets him. Oh, it's it's too disgusting to be shown Unless, on camera. Like all his limbs course. contort and disconnect, and he just gets up the mast as quickly as efficiently well, possible. Well, no, with the Miles death, we have Jason teleporting after Miles the entire time. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Miles running up and down different stairs and climbing over parts of the boat. And as soon as he gets up to another part of the boat, Jason's there waiting for him. Yes. Like, it, why stop the teleportation at the mast? Why not just continue with it? When Julius comes over to check out what's going on, that's when Julius gets thrown into the water, right? Well, yeah, because uh, Jason took Miles's axe and just threw it off to the side that almost hits Julius in the head, yeah. which it should have. That would have been a much better death, like accidental. <laughs> yes, that would have been great. So he's gone. Then we cut over to Rennie, who's in her room. 
Here's where we learn why she has this pen that's been gifted to her from the beginning. Because Jason breaks his arm through the porthole window she's standing next to. Well, she's having a hallucination of little Jason in the room. Yeah. Right? And then actual Jason breaks through a porthole behind her. So she is simultaneously experiencing two different Jasons. Right. And she's being choked by the real Jason while the little Jason's there just just staring at her. Yep. Right? But she wasn't really freaking out when she was getting choked. So I don't know if she believed that Jason was real. I don't know. All the trivia on this says that she was legitimately scared during that scene because a piece of the actual glass got stuck in the frame next to her face and Kane was jerking her face towards the broken glass over and over without knowing what he was doing. And she was scared she was going to get cut. That's what it says. When you look at it, it doesn't really look like that. No. But... She takes the pen. She, she might was, have been scared as an actress. Yes, she was. And they about glass that was there, and she, it sacrificed the rest of her performance because she was focusing too much on the fact that there was glass there, and she was just sitting there in a state of paralysis, hoping that she didn't get cut by the glass. That is what happened, and she takes her pen and jams it into Jason's eye. Great aim. I was wondering where that thing was going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you gonna? Where are you gonna get it? There's a whole Boom. hockey mask there. Oh, the only hole that's possible. Okay, right in there. He t- and that's enough to send him away. He doesn't get extra pissed and come back for more. He just kind of runs off like a dog with his tail between his legs. You see this weird, like clear ooze coming out of the hockey mask. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? Some more goop. We always like a little more goop. Uh. <laughs> I like to picture Jason like going around the side of the boat. So that he's alone and just, son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, God! Again! Like, his face is just a fucking mess. He keeps getting these injuries. Just, oh, I, oh Just, right in my eye! Oh, fuck! Motherfucker! Yep. Though, the fire is starting to fuck with the ship's power. Uh, Colleen has collected all the kids into the restaurant... Um, she's let them Can we know. talk about Jason sabotaging the CB radio antenna? Yeah, we already oh, yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And I just want to make sure we talked how we knew exactly how to find it, <laughs> exactly which wires on the boat went to the radio. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised though. When it happens, I'm not surprised anymore. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Yep. This is this is perfect timing. Yep. Par for the course. Mm-hmm. And Colleen lets us know that she's lowered a lifeboat. She's rounded up all the remaining kids into the restaurant. And while she's doing this, Sean and Rennie are escaping a flood? Yeah, Sean comes running out and says that water got into the engines. Yeah, did the fire do that? Did a fire cut a hole in the side of the boat? Jasmine said that the fire caused an explosion. That I guess must have taken out the side of the ship and started letting water in. You figure the ship would sink a lot faster than what it was doing then. Guys, who cares? Okay. You know? True. Who cares? That's right. that's what that's what the emergency <laughs> is here now, though. The whole time I was like, where is this coming from? And why is there so much of it? But that's the Let's issue. Let's get to the the escape boat and the black guy with enormous lung capacity. Oh, uh, we can't we can't pass over the uh the prospector death though. Oh, yeah. oh shit! Okay, so yeah. Chuck is Let's... pissed. 
right? He's he's like, what the fuck this fire alarm? There's no fire. What? No, it, obviously the guy who comes and starts spouting the Jason Voorhees story wants us all to panic. And mm-hmm. what, what will the fire alarm do? It'll make us all panic. So that's just what he wants. I'm going to take this flare gun. <laughs> Yep, and they get in a little they get in a little tiff down in the the galley, where uh, crazy deckhand grabs a knife and kind of assaults uh, Charles really a little anything. bit. He grabbed a knife and like pushed him. Yeah, pushed him and then just runs off. Right. So Charles definitely thinks it's the deckhand. So, whoop, 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 whoop. so when they're all escaping to go to the lifeboat as a group, when Sean has given the okay to murder the rest of the people on the ship that are in the restaurant. Yeah. He goes, let's go. And Colleen goes, well, what about all the rest of the children? And he's like, there are no more children. He says something different, but that's essentially what he means. He yeah. says, fuck them. Yeah. I even wrote in my notes, fuck those other kids. <laughs> I think he just says something, they're gone already or something. Yeah, he implies that the restaurant's already been flooded, I guess. And she has a solemn moment where she stares down for like two seconds and then, okay, let's get to the boat. Yeah, it's like, all right, I... Like they're all really good with getting over their grief. Yeah. Oh, right? They move on right away. I mean, so, Sean just yeah. lost his dad. Yes. Right? Brutally murdered. And his best friend. And his best right. And the teachers have just lost their classroom. Eh, they're fine. Yep. And as they're leaving, Crazy Deckhand pops out. Charles is ready to kill this guy. He's ready to shoot him right with a flare gun. Yep. But Jason's already gotten to him. He's got an axe in his back. He just kind of falls down on the ground. Now Charles is forced to come face to face with the notion that it may actually be Jason. Mm-hmm. And everyone else seems to know that because they can see him standing at the top of the ship, staring down at them, get into the lifeboat. Right. And there's even like a little confrontation moment with uh, Charles and Sean where Sean's like it's Jason Voorhees and, and Charles like nah 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 still not on board someone lowers the dog down <laughs> what right. the dog from where Nathan's favorite part Julius pops out of the water into the <gasps> ship or into, into the lifeboat and and then we get to watch Sean awkwardly try to push the lifeboat away from the ship with his oar, not know what to do, kind of look offset at the director to see if they should stop, realize they're not stopping, and then just give up and sit there. <laughs> <laughs> no, they needed him. They needed that black guy because those two guys do not know how to paddle that boat. No. Nope, not at all. Wow. Oh, man, watching them paddle the boat's hilarious because you see at some point – Sean starts looking at this like, ancient GPS that his dad gave him as a gift. Yeah, the sextant. Right? And he's not rowing the oar anymore, but Julius still is. <laughs> yep. It's like, no, no, you're going in circles now. I don't. You're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. But circles is all it takes because they take a couple of naps out in that boat and they finally, finally see the Statue of Liberty in the distance and make contact with New York City. It's, what did you say, Nathan? An hour one into the movie? I had 101, but that was... 101. Okay, granted the Statue of Liberty is huge, and you'd be able to see it from miles away, but they're rowing this boat through dense, dense fog. Middle of the night. Middle of the night. And then we get a B-roll of the Statue of Liberty fucking crystal clear night. Mm -hmm. It's like, so somewhere, the fog just stops. Yep. It's... Yeah, as you get closer to land. Come on. And, <laughs> and we see that 
I'm sorry, Admiral Carver. And when they get on to dry land, Jason hops out pretty much five seconds after them out of the water, which means he's just been hanging on to the bottom of their boat. I like that. They haven't been on dry land for more than 30 (laughs) seconds, and they get robbed. (laughs) Welcome to New York. (laughs) They literally just started talking to each other after getting off the lifeboat, what their plan is going to be. A couple of thugs pop out, steal all their wallets, and then they abduct Rennie to take back to their rape den. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call it a rape den. That's pretty much what it is, man. Like the one Asian mugger is, you know, just hooked on Rennie calling her his pretty princess and shit like that. He tears her necklace off. He shoots at her dog. Yeah. And Charles is just like, nope, not going after her. Nope. (laughs) Best to cut our losses and forget about her. Well, Rennie's gone. Now what? Yeah. So now they have to split up. Here's the classic horror trope. Now we have the only effective way to search for her is to split up and find her in this massive, massive city. Well, or just go around the corner. Or yeah, just go around the corner, follow them where they went, and we get to see the uh, the Asian thug injecting cocaine. Yeah, he says cocaine. It looks like heroin. She reacts like it's heroin, right? I mean, she's all like blurry eyed and woozy and all this shit, but. Kind of fucking scary that your first trip to Manhattan, you get robbed in the first 10 seconds, your dog almost gets killed, and you have thugs steal you away to inject you with shit and then rape you. Inject you with shit to make you more docile for the raping. Right. <laughs> oh, man. The city of New York has got to love this for tourists. Mm-hmm. But it walks Jason the hero. Weird, right? right? Jason's here to save the day. What's one? What's minus two thugs if he saves a girl from a rape, right? I guess. Also, where are they getting these strong-ass needles? Because he uses that syringe <laughs> that he just shot her up with and jams it all the way through his torso. I think that that was more to do with the power of his fist. And it just so happened there was like a needle point at the end. <laughs> like it didn't matter that the needle was there. Right. It's just a pointy thing that looks gross when it's poking out the other side. Right. We've already seen Jason using his... His fist to punch through people and and all that on its own. It's not like the needle really did anything. It was just in his hand. That's true. And what's great is that after when he tosses that thug's body down on top of Rennie, as he as Jason goes to deal with the other guy who's shooting him with the gun. If you look in the background, the whole time Rennie's like trying to push that guy's dead body off of her, and she can't do it because she's so drugged up. <laughs> That's all I could focus on the whole time was just her. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> that, Sauna Rock is better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that other thug, the I don't know, the white guy who just emphasizes the word comprende, mm-hmm. right, that guy, why is it that if you're shooting this huge guy with a gun and you've already seen this guy shove his fist through your friend, okay, why is it that when you're shooting at him, you're walking closer to him? Like right. the bullets don't get more powerful, really, if you're five feet away versus ten feet away. No, yeah, he should have been right. running after that second shot did nothing. He's right. like, "Oh, this guy's on bath salts. I need to run away." 
Yeah. He feels no pain. He's not dropping. It's kind of time to go. Right. And this is one of the deaths that I didn't count because he just grabs, Jason just grabs this guy's head and throws it into, into a pipe and the pipe breaks and the body drops to the ground, but it doesn't look violent enough to even knock him out, let alone kill him. I'm, I'm counting it as a death, sadly, which goes against everything that I normally do because, <laughs> I mean, you're right, but the intent for the scene was for the guy to die. Right, which has been my argument before. Right, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this so much, but I'm not going back through. I'm not going back through and crossing these numbers out. I'm not scratching you know what, out Jonathan? these numbers. Jonathan, we can look at it this way. They've decided to break all the rules in Jason. So we can break the rules too. You know what? How I'm taking <laughs> this evil is like this is the first time in the last five or six podcasts I've tried to placate Daniel and he fucks me with it. So <laughs> fine. Fine. Is he writing down what you're saying right now? No, no, but I that... picture him doing that. I picture him writing down things <laughs> now he is. using it against you later. <laughs> like pursed lips, eyebrows raised. Like, mm-hmm, continue. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. Now. Rooftop boxing. Right? No. Well, we have the chase first. Yeah, there's a chase. Uh, lots of teleporting. Yeah, lots of teleporting. Fuck all of this, man. Seriously. Wrap this shit up. New York is boring. It's terrible. It is. It's, it's... They go into that diner, and she's... We have a psychopath chasing us. He's going to kill us. And she's welcome says, to, welcome New to New York. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. And then he crashes through the so much shit in this movie, man. So terrible, and the rooftop boxing. Oh God! You don't like that? It's like we kept going. Wouldn't kept Julius going. know that if you're gonna fight a guy who's wearing a hockey mask, maybe don't punch him in the face so much? Yeah. Why would you box him? Yeah, exactly. You've seen him kill a bunch of people, right? Or first maybe not all, seen him, don't... but he's killed a bunch of people. Well, first of all, you don't have any of your gear. Would you want so boxing gloves? UFC didn't exist back then. It's you don't start. Rocky Five didn't even come out yet. Nobody's street fighting. No one's Nobody's bare knuckling a hockey mask. Yeah, exactly. It's bullshit. Yeah, and it's long. If it had been not so ridiculous, it might have been a cool scene because yeah, he, if he had tried to box and then got killed right away. Way better. But why is it that Jason needs to pull the old rope dope on Julius? I mean, why does Jason wait until Julius just gets exhausted? Yeah, he's oddly <clears throat> amused by this whole situation, right? Usually he can't wait to kill. This time he's just sitting back enjoying himself, letting Julius get off as many punches <laughs> as he can. Like, and, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and dumbass Julius, when he's all tired out, give me your best shot. No, fuck you, man. You run away. Yeah. You run away is no. what you do. This scene, you know what this scene made me think of? It made me think that you could probably compile... A pretty sweet top 10 awkward, awful fight scenes list. And this would be on it. And the invisible karate fight (laughs) from Nightmare on Elm Street would be on it. But what does it all lead down to? It leads down to the kind of cool, kind of funny scene where finally Julius is done. He gives up. He says, Jason, give me your best shot. And Jason punches his head off. One hit decapitation that 
the head rolls into a dumpster with such force that the dumpster lid closes, right? Yeah. And it's a bad dummy head. It's really bad. There's no, like, gory chunks of flesh dangling at the bottom of the neck. It's a clean mannequin with a broad stroke paint, like, red paint on it. It's terrible. Yeah. And Jason apparently, after that head roll dumpster scene, goes dumpster diving and grabs Julius's head. Exactly. Well, he hasn't had many opportunities to move bodies around in this film. So he had to get one in here at the end with the head. And here's our Canadian cop that you brought up earlier. <laughs> right? Because they all managed to find each other. After splitting up, every single person manages to find each other in the same alley. Colleen is by herself. She comes across Charles, who has also found a police officer. The police, he found, he, <clears throat> excuse me, Charles found some cop that is ready to shoot Colleen on sight. Yes. Like, he just pops out of the side That's of an true. alley. Yeah. He's like, freeze! Yeah. Almost shoots her. This little old lady walking down some alley by herself. Yeah, Charles is like... I really need to set a ground rule for the future. I don't want to hear Jonathan ever again say the word... Hoser. <laughs> that happened because once. I don't. That happened once three well, hours ago. No, where, where have you every been? Time, no, every time you make fun of Canadians, you bring up the word hoser. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of it, but you do. Pretty much every time you try to make fun of me for being Canadian, it's hoser this, hoser that. And I just gotta <laughs> tell you, I've never used the word hoser before either do i i don't know what it means conversation the only t- the first time i ever heard the word hoser was when i watched bob and doug mckenzie on sctv so i'm guessing that charles told this police officer hey there's this huge motherfucking guy in a mask and a shredded goopy mechanics onesie and he has probably a machete or some sort of blade or weapon in his hand and the cop sees a middle-aged woman walking down alleyway, alleyway and pulls his gun on her. Thinks it's Jason. Yeah. And Charles has to reassure the cop, no, 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 she's fine. Mm-hmm. Of course, she, look at her. She's with me. Yeah. Like, does that need to be said? Come on. Mm-hmm. Also in the alley, Sean, who has somehow found Rennie, and the two of them have found Charles Colleen and this police officer. And all of them get into the cop's car find Julius's head that's been placed in there, which freaks everybody out. The cop especially. Yeah, the cop especially. The cop grabs his radio to call for help. Jason pops out of the alley, takes the cop, and pulls him back into the alley, and then we don't see anything. He's killed, a presumed killed presumed. Off, sc- off screen. That's the other one I left off. Yeah. Because I they maybe they insinuate that he's going to strangle him with like the cord from his walkie-talkie thing, or his CB radio. Uh-huh. But we don't, we don't get to see it. But they smarten up. One of them hops in the front seat. Oh, it's Rennie. Remy. Rennie. She hops in the front seat, takes off. Jason teleports in front of the car. She, he does not teleport away from the car. He nope. just gets hit by it. You know, Jason's okay with getting hit by cars. Yeah, that's fine. A little bit of a masochist. And she runs him down, doesn't stop. She has a vision of young Jason standing in the road calling for his mommy. Mm-hmm. And she's going to hit him? Yep. 
She was going to run, plow him, just run right over. See, fuck young Jason. Exactly. So weird. I kept waiting for her to, like, crank the wheel to the side and then crash to avoid hitting this young kid. But she just bolts for him. Well, keep in mind, young Jason has been a piece of shit to her this entire movie. He has been trying to drown her, like, for 30 years. Trying to drown her, (laughs) popping out of mirrors and trying to choke her. She's not 30. Okay, 19 years. Ten years. I mean, little Jason is a kind kind of a fucking asshole. Yeah, he's kind of a douchebag, right? So if needy, you can, he's so needy. <laughs> he's all this attention all the time. So if you can plow over big Jason, well, imagine all the damage you do to little Jason. Yep. Little Jason's got his mom's head mounted in the in a shrine with candles around it. He's <laughs> not a healthy boy. No. <laughs> no. He's got some serious fucking issues that are going to escalate as he becomes supernatural and starts to murder everyone around a lake that has its name changed a few times while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Forest Green. <laughs> spends a little time Can't under the blood. water. Spends a little time, you know, dead or not dead or... Yeah. But she crashes through young Jason, crashes the car into a wall. Everyone gets out of the car except for Colleen. <laughs> yep, the car is on fire. And the car explodes. Yep. Why didn't anyone help Colleen out of the car? Nobody <laughs> helped. She must have known some deep secret about Charles. And Charles was getting out of the car, looked back at her, had the perfect opportunity to grab her wrist and pull her out, and just left her. No, just made sure her seatbelt was buckled on nice and tight. <laughs> And then as soon as they're all safely away from the car, oh, where's Colleen? Where's Colleen? Uh-huh. And Rennie's just staring at the car. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah, it explodes. So Colleen is dead. Gruesome, gruesome death. None of them acknowledge it. Instead, Rennie is staring at a puddle, which makes her draw back in her mind to the memory that she's been avoiding this entire movie of why she's actually afraid of water. Yep. So her little hallucination of a puddle turns into a lake with a little rowboat going across it yeah and it's her and Charles, her uncle charles out in the middle of this serene lake in a canoe and uncle charles is scaring the shit out of her this is why he's dark and creepy it's because he just wants to teach her how to swim that's all he has to do but instead he's saying that there's a little boy jason that drowned in this lake many years ago well he starts off real nice too he's like don't you want to learn how to swim don't you want to you don't I want mean, to be a freak do you? i mean we've been here three three times or every day for three years or whatever it is yeah i mean you said you're gonna take lessons it's it's time you learn how to swim right Mm -hmm. like talking to her like you would a little girl and like trying to be supportive and everything yeah and then bringing in this the fucking jason story there is a boy who drowned in the lake who likes to pull other children that can't swim down into the lake as punishment (laughs) for not knowing how to swim and then he just pushes her into the lake yeah don't let Jason get you. Yeah. Come on now. Just swim. Is that is that how you teach someone to swim? Just do it. Just do it. Just start doing just it. Just swim. Look, if you don't just start swimming, you're going to drown and die. Yep. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. And just keep swimming. And she's just sw- keep swimming. <laughs> okay. And Jason does. Go young. He was excited for finding Dory. Huh? Uh-huh. And young Jason grabs her ankles and freaks mm-hmm. her out. This begins this 
10 years of trauma. It, he has like full monster face yep. sort of at this point. All on the wrong side of the face. Uh-huh. And uh, okay, so hmm. that's like 10 years ago. So Jason would be st- still a, still an adult. I think Jason right now is like in his 40s. Yeah. So 10 years ago, he'd still be an adult. Well, why is she having visions of this little boy at the bottom of the lake? Is there like this uh, spiritual dimensional fringe energy that's trapped in Crystal Lake so that all children will intermittently experience these weird in and out images of young Jason? All I know is there's some zombies at the bottom of Crystal Lake. Done. I... Mean, I- it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like when she's seven or however old she is, there's not little Jason at the bottom of the lake. When she's seven, there have been teenagers murdered at that lake not that long ago. Exactly. She should have nightmares of some dude coming out of the lake and into her house and strangling her in her bed. Not some little boy. Okay. There's an, either way, all that's fucked. <laughs> We've gotten deeply into why all that is so fucked. The Rennie and Charles backstory lifts up, right? Rennie starts yelling at Charles, like, you're such an asshole, you let me drown, and all this mm-hmm. shit. Sean, who has no idea what happened in the backstory, we assume, hates Charles because, well, let's face it, Charles is a dick and didn't even acknowledge Sean's dad's death before Charles started laying into him. Yeah. Right? But, you know, sides with his girlfriend, you're such an asshole, and so they leave together. And now Charles is on his own. So guess who's coming? Jason, Mm. who's been lying in the street this entire time after being hit by the police car, turns his head, looks over at Charles, and the chase begins. Yep. More egregious teleporting. Oh, we have ourselves a doozy. Mm. So Jason is behind Charles, running after him. Well, Walking, Jason is walking slowly as Charles is running. And Charles decides it's best to, what, run into some warehouse building type thing? Yes. Jason obviously chasing behind him. He runs into a building up the second floor, instantly thrown out of the second floor window by Jason. Right. Once he gets up there. So teleport number one, he lands on the ground. He's still alive. Notice how the second story fall didn't kill this guy. Even though he's older and more frail. And lands on asphalt. And lands on asphalt. And Jason teleports down there. Picks him up off the ground and just holds him by his ankles and drowns him in some green goo water. Oh, disgusting. Like a barrel of goop. Yeah. And Uncle Charles finally taken out of the picture. Finally. Right here at the end. He made it a lot longer than I thought he would. I interrupted my girlfriend speaking for this scene. What do you mean? I was like, when I just said, sorry, girl, I have to watch Stick in the Mud, get what's coming to him. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It was satisfying. Was it? It was satisfying. I believe my comments afterwards, like as it was happening, I was cheering Jason on. And saying, please pull his legs down and rip his, you know, rip his crotch in half. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, split you know, them open. Pull pull the legs down and split them open like number two, you know? That kid. Yep. That he mounted on the ceiling somehow. I don't know how he put him up in the ceiling. And the remaining ten minutes of this movie that we're going to just zoom through and not really talk about because we don't care about it that much is really the only truly New York part of this movie. They get chased Are around. You talking about the Times Square scene? Yes. Yep. Mm. Because that's it. Yeah. That's... Well, I guess the subway is is New York-ish, but I don't. Subway know. could be anywhere. The subway, the subway could was not real. It was a subway car that they made in some studio in Vancouver, mm. and they just put zooming lights outside the windows of the cars, so it looks like it's traveling through a tunnel. <laughs> and and because that's that's it. Jason chases him around for a while. He chases them through a diner where all the New Yorkers are super jaded because they're used to psychopaths all the time. And they get chased around on the subway for a while. They think they've killed Jason when Sean tackles him <laughs> and throws him onto the center line, the center rail. What's that called? Uh, yeah, I mean he's just connected between the two subway rails, right? Right. So he completes the circuit. And they're always trying to electrocute Jason. Right, which, that just makes him stronger, right? It, it sh- yeah, if not, it just... Brings him back to life. Feels yeah. good for a while. He's incapacitated like you are after a good orgasm. And they're enjoying themselves up in Times Square. They have no money, no way to get home. All of their friends and family are dead. They're just relieved that it's over. Yep. Time to share a little smooch out in Times Square. Let the camera guy pan around for a while so that we know they were actually there. Uh Uh-huh. And then he pops out in Times Square. Uh, All right. Was it weird seeing goopy, deteriorated Jason walk around in Times Square surrounded by lights and people and Nathan, John, anybody? There's a lot of people dressed up in Times Square. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I mean, if you were walking in Times Square and saw a Jason-like character, eh, whatever, it's New York, you know, it's fucked up. But seeing Jason as we know Jason, he needs to be in the woods. Yeah. You know? That's his home. And though it was kind of funny when Jason starts chasing uh, Sean and Rennie again, like, you see those kids just hanging out in Times Square with the boombox that's playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And the boombox is playing rap music. And Jason just pummels the boombox, like kicks it off whatever it is it's sitting on. And the kids are like, you you know, threatening him and You're saying... You're going to die now, motherfucker. Right? And Jason just turns around, lifts up his hockey mask. You're like, oh, nope, nope, it's cool, it's cool. And they all run away. Uh-huh. Now, that- why isn't... Why doesn't Jason have the same face that he had in the previous movie? Okay, okay. Good question. <laughs> uh, one we've seen makeup jumps between the movies big time let's not forget his uh, tree bark fingernails and uh, gray skin it, this just the director just not paying that much attention and also yeah also a weirdly comedic moment too it shows a smart uh, light hearted side of Jason to, oh, yeah, to know the, that he's disgusting with the big like hockey poster and oh we yeah we forgot about that that was way earlier when he first climbs out of the water when he first gets there he sees the the big billboard advertising hockey and has the goalie mask on it and he's like huh. and it's the same mask yeah exactly the same mask yeah we totally skipped over that yeah. that that was a reasonably charming part where i was like okay okay wink wink i get it guys mm-hmm. 
Boombox part, also kind of enjoyable and funny, but why is he going around scaring the shit out of other people like that? Right. And he follows them. They, they, the chase goes down into the sewers, right? Naturally, right? right? He's never done that before. He's never lifted his mask up. No, he hasn't. For effect. Exactly. He's, he's a mongoloid. He's not that smart. Yes. Ah, oh, this movie's so stupid. <laughs> it's it's it is a too smart point for Jason. It's, Not as offensive it's, to me. It's it's for effect. It's for funniness. It has nothing to do with the characters. It's totally just to make the audience laugh. Yeah. Which, judging from the box office, there wasn't many people in the theater. Huh? High five. Huh? Oh, hey, zing. zing. And ooh, bamo. <laughs> While they're down there, Jason follows them. They run into the guy, the last sewer worker, the last human death of the movie, which is this sewer worker guy. Yep. And he's kind of freaked out because he's expecting this massive wave of acidic, toxic sludge to come shooting through the sewer. Like, it happens at midnight. What? Is that a New York thing? Toxic waste goes through the sewers at midnight? Yeah. And not just... Oh, you don't want to bathe in this stuff because it'll get some sort of weird bacterial infection. This is like aliens, acid, slime, bad. Yeah. And it, okay, so he's like, oh, it's a good thing I found you because this happens at midnight, which is in 10 minutes. If it's, if all this toxic waste is going to fill up the sewers in 10 minutes, sir, what the fuck are you doing down there? Mm -hmm. Terrible. Shouldn't you have been gone like hours ago? Yeah, terrible protocol. And Jason pops out, kills the sewer worker. And Rennie... uh, Oh, just just beats him to death with a wrench. Yeah, beats him in the head with a wrench. And Jason's about to start hacking away at Sean with the same wrench. And Rennie decides to distract him with a flashlight. Yeah. Because that's all it takes. Yeah, lure him away. She ends up, yeah, that's so great. He's totally ready to hack into her. Just a little flash in the eyes. And he's like, whoop, what? Like a dog or a cat. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that? Huh? What is that? And we've remarked before on that quality of Jason. Go get it. That dog after a squirrel quality. And she lures him into this chase where she comes across this bucket or this sealed container of this. Uh, of the toxic waste that's yeah. going to. Flood the sewer? A sample of the toxic waste that's coming. And she just... Why is that even there? I don't know. But she takes it and she... Throws it in his face? Yeah, throws it all over Jason. And it does not feel good. Lots of... uh, (laughs) Lots of that. Lots of tearing a mask off. Lots of his weird, like, jagged jack-o'-lantern square teeth. Uh, just bad makeup and joy. He's screaming. His face is melting. He's in a lot of pain from this toxic sludge. He's got this dramatic moment where he's stumbling down darklit tunnels, you know, cascading off the walls, can barely keep balance. He's in pain. He's suffering. And Anyone uh, audit his face for an eye wound? Oh, true. I didn't. It, I didn't. It seemed like... One eye was closed, but it wasn't necessarily the same eye that got stabbed in the porthole. Right. But And I think the one eye that was closed could have been, like, more having to do with, like, a mongoloid misshapen skull closing right. an eye. Right. Rather than 
I think the general consensus here is that things were going south for his face. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Speaking of Jason's rotten, fucked up face, after eight movies, uh, it's not looking good. Rennie and Sean run for the ladder to get out of the sewer right as this massive wave of toxic sludge is coming down. And so what so what happens when he goes to hell and then goes to space? Because I've seen pictures of him in space and that face, that whole head, like the whole thing, it looks like he's been revamped. Like He is rebuilt with nanotech technology in You're making that up. In Jason X. I know that. <laughs> You're pulling that out of your I'm ass. I'm not pulling that out of my ass. That's why he looks better, because the body is just can't do yeah, more with that body. Yeah, this is going south. I mean, going to hell. I mean, hey, okay, well, that's like continuing the trajectory that we're currently on. Okay. Yeah. So, so Jason is bathed in this looks like a whole bunch of soapy water that apparently is toxic waste. Right. Acidic toxic waste. Because it melts your skin if you make contact with it. And he's down there writhing in this water. Uh, Sean and Rennie are clinging to a ladder, barely escaping the droplets that are spewing off the torrential influx of this crap. And well, and you see the bottom of uh, Rennie's pants get wet. Yeah. You know? She should be in a lot of pain. Yeah, but... she has no feet. And talk about fucked up faces. Jason's face here is unrecognizable it's just this mushy uh what's the way it looks like soap froth dead skin cells and bubble wrap you know if you go to the store and you get like a pan of rolls right before you throw them in the oven how Mm -hmm. they're just white mushy like yeasty looking thing that that to me was his face yeah It, (laughs) it was like uncooked yeast rolls mixed with like Melted marshmallow is just disgusting. And that's it, right? He sinks below the water. She has some strange visions about seeing a young boy's clean, undeformed hand kind of beneath the surface, which I guess is her putting her trauma to bed. I guess. And credits. Credits. He gives her back the necklace. We see Jason's mask float away down the sewer. We're done. That concludes the eighth installment of the Voorhees Saga. Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason takes Manhattan, kind Ooh, of, back sort to, of. Back to Freddy, right? We're going to New Nightmare. New Nightmare is next. That's right. Oh, I'm excited. Really? I'm excited about New Nightmare. It feels like a fresh start. Because I got to tell you, Nightmare on Elm Street was slipping. He was slipping. Hey, and we all know our gracious host has to be excited because there's some Langan camp happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about Langan Camp. Yeah. Playing herself. Or shall I say, Langan Beautiful. (laughs) Hey. Fuck face. (laughs) Jesus. Fucking calm down. Listen, listen, you paying attention? Don't uh harm me. Alright? You gotta talk. No, 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 no. No. I hate your guts. I hate your guts right now. I'm explaining to you that I just, that I hate your guts. Nate, did, did we catch you on your period? Is today a heavy day? <laughs> Are you saying you wouldn't pick my stick? I'm saying I would definitely pay attention 
to which stick was in your hand when you dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were having a conversation. Yeah, but I won that conversation. No, no, I'm just <laughs> telling you my feelings. Yeah, but I win all the feelings. <laughs>